Amen. Stand with me, please. First Thessalonians chapter number five. This is more fun than the World Series anyway. First Thessalonians chapter number five. We'll read one verse. Guess which one it is. I'm just kidding. Verse 20. The Bible says, despise not prophesyings. That's what I want to preach on tonight. The Lord help us. Father, we ask you now, if you would, to open the scriptures and open our hearts and minds and may we take this sober and a serious admonition to heart tonight. Give me, Lord, uh, the, the strength and the power to preach and may God's people benefit, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Despise not prophesyings. There's three words right here toward the end of this book and yet what a powerful statement it is. The last days... The Bible tells us we'll be marked by people despising all the right things. There's several places in the Bible where we find this word despise. But in 2 Timothy 3.3, 3, he talked about the last days that be without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That's one of the signs of the last days. And we are definitely there. There's uh, nothing any more ironic than someone screaming tolerance while they're calling you names. There's nothing any more uh, amusing to me than hollering love trumps hate while they're burning your car. Amen. It's a, it's a crazy world we live in. Uh, but the interesting thing is these verses that we're reading here tonight are not written to the lost, not written to the unbelievers. Apostle Paul is writing to Christians in this passage of scripture. As a matter of fact, no less than seven times in chapter five, he calls them brethren. He calls them brethren in verse number one, but at the times and seasons, brethren, I have no need that I write unto you. He says it again in verse number four, but ye brethren are not in darkness uh, that that day should overtake you as a, uh, as a thief. He talks about you're the children of light in verse number five. And you were not of the night, nor of the darkness. He's not preaching to lost people. He's preaching to saved people. Look at verse number uh, 12. He says, For we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. Verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. He uses that word, brethren, multiple times in this passage. Again, he mentions it in verse number 25. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. And then he talks about it being read to all of the holy brethren in verse 27. So in this chapter, it's very clear, Paul, and he's talking to the church of Thessalonica, this admonition to despise not prophesying. He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to saved people. Now, when you, when you read it and you understand what it means, it's serious to me and sobering to me that a child of God could even be guilty of despising prophesying. The word despise here in verse number 20 literally means to make of no account or to set at naught. A word that we would probably understand uh, as well or better would be the, wor uh, the word to minimize. We would maybe minimize uh, that word despise means to look down on, look, look, look at it with, with low esteem. And that word prophesying in verse number 20 literally means out of the Greek lexicon, it means a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing things that are hidden. And we know there's prophecies and then there's prophesying. Prophesying in the Old Testament was, uh, was foretelling. 
In the, in the New Testament, it's foretelling, amen. And uh, telling those things which are going to happen, but the, it's, it's used often synonymously with preaching or exhortation. The apostle Paul said despise not prophesying. He wasn't just talking about prophecies necessarily, but he was talking about what I'm doing right now, standing up and preaching and declaring the word of God. And he said to Christians, he said to the church, despise not prophesying. What a statement. I got my attention. I want to give you tonight three points. I got quite a few sub points under each point, but I'm going to give you three points tonight uh, because I believe that in a day where there is so little preaching, so little prophesying, we need more than ever to not be guilty of despising it. So few churches have access to solid Bible preaching and so few Christians have access to biblical, godly, spirit-filled, anointed preaching that those that do have it should not be guilty of despising it. So let me give you three points tonight. Number one, we notice the cause for despising. There are reasons why a Christian or a person, a lost person obviously, goes without saying, but even a Christian uh, believer, maybe I should use that word believer, not use the word Christian as much, because if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ. You can be saved and not be a follower of Christ. We use that word Christian loosely. You can be saved, you can be a believer. Maybe I should use that word. You can be a believer and still have calls for despising prophesying. Let me give you three or four of them right quick. The reason why some people despise prophesying is because it condemns the way they live. John chapter three, verse 19, this is the condemnation that light's coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Even a Christian, a believer, if they're not careful, will find themselves shirking away from the preaching of the word of God for the simple fact that it shines a light on their sin, shines a light on their life. They can be saved, but they can be backslid and not like it when God's word, the mirror of his word, as James says, shows us what we are. It condemns. People don't like to be condemned, but the word of God is pretty straightforward. And when you've got sin in your heart and sin in your life and you read the word of God or you hear the preaching of the word of God, it'll make you squirm, it'll make you uncomfortable. Some people rather just not hear it than to allow it to change their life. It calls for despising as it condemns. Secondly, they despise the prophesying because it confines them. It's very restrictive. It's like a straitjacket. Mm. Have you ever been sitting in church before and you felt like you were choking? The Bible's filled with a lot of thou shalt nots and thou shouts. And there's not a whole lot in there you probably ought to or you might ought to or you might ought to try to. It just says you ought not to or you ought to. And the preaching of the word of God is very confrontational in that it confines us and in Jude Verse number eight of the book of Jude talks about people in the last days, they despise dominion. Come on now. In 2 Peter 2.10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, not afraid to speak evil of dignities. They don't like authority, and the Bible is authority. Amen? That's what Paul told Titus. He said in Titus chapter number two, these things speak. Preach with all authority. Let no man despise thy youth. Right. 
What was he saying? He said, they're going to try and discredit your message and to say, you're a young preacher, don't know what you're talking about, but you have the authority of the scriptures to back you up. Don't hold back. Don't pull punches. You just go on ahead and lay it out there and preach with all authority. And there's a lot of people don't like that. They turn a deaf ear to preaching because it confines them. They like the color outside the lines. God's pretty straightforward. Is everybody okay? I like straight preaching. I heard it growing up. It was a cliche where we grew up, but I heard it all the time. If, it's, uh, if, 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 it's, if, you're, if the preaching's rubbing the cat the wrong way, turn the cat around. Amen. And there's a lot of truth to that. The man that's causing sparks will line up and conform to the word of God and let God change you. It confines. That's why some people despise and look down on prophesying. It limits them in their so-called liberties in Christ. Well, I've got liberties in Christ. You've got liberty to do what you're supposed to, not what you want to. Amen. Amen. Thirdly, the cause for despising is it confuses some people. They hear the preaching of the Word of God and they don't understand it. Now, the Bible's clear in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they're foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. He's talking about unbelievers, but can I tell you something? You can be saved, but if you're backslid, you're not right with God, you're not walking in the spirit, there will also be a disconnect, a cognitive disconnect from the preaching of the word of God and you'll hear the truth and you won't understand it because you're not walking in the spirit and the book is written and inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. A lot of people, I don't understand why that preacher's preaching on that. I don't understand why that pastor has that position. I don't know why that church makes such a big deal out of that. There's a lot of things they don't understand. They're confused by the word of God because they're not right with God. The Holy Spirit didn't come to confuse. He came to enlighten. He came to shed light and to lead us and guide us in the truth. And if I was saved, stay with me now. If I was saved and I stayed confused most of the time, I'd do a spiritual checkup. Because the Holy Spirit of God that authored this book lives inside of you. There ought to be a two-way communication taking place either when you're reading it, studying it, or when it's being preached. I've said in church many times, heard things I've never heard before. That don't mean they're wrong and I'm right. It just means I hadn't been around the block as much as I thought I had. I grew up in church. Every now and then I hear something, I go, hang on just a second. And I go double check that and guess what? They're right. I was wrong. Nothing any more frustrating than for your preconceived ideas to get in the way of your theology Amen. or to make your theology. So you see that it confuses and then fourthly it calls for despising prophesying as it convicts. Oh my goodness. Word of God, boy, it's convicting. It's amazing sometimes just one statement. One statement is like somebody hits you right between the eyes with a sledgehammer. Amen. Just, hear, just hear a statement and you go, man, and I find myself just saying, I needed that. You can fight it. You can kick against it. But if you, if you needed it, just go on ahead and say, Lord, thank you. I needed that. I needed that wallop upside the head. Many times when I'm sitting right there and we've got a guest preacher and they're preaching, boy, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm listening. And they'll say something. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit of God says, you know that's right. And you know you needed to hear that. You might as well just go on ahead and say amen or owe me one. But the truth of the matter is some people don't like to go to hear preaching that convicts them. Amen. They don't like it. They like, to, they like to get their ears tickled. I don't like to get my ears tickled. I don't need nobody telling me I'm spiritual. I know better. 
I don't need anybody to tell me I'm the perfect husband or I'm the perfect daddy or that I'm the greatest Christian that ever lived. I know better. I don't need nobody telling me that. I need somebody to tell me the truth. Amen. I go to the doctor. I want to tell them what's wrong with me. I got a kink in my back. I've had been a chiropractor four times. And I walk in there and he says, what can I do for you? And I don't say, oh man, I'm, I'm, dog, I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. Just got to see my grandbaby. Life can't be no better. Uh-uh. I walk in there and say, I got this kink right here. Could you help me? Let's go on ahead and address the problem and deal with it. In Acts chapter number 7, Stephen was preaching. The Bible says when they heard those things, they were cut to the heart. You ever had your heart cut before? Have you ever had open heart surgery in church? And it wasn't even scheduled. You wasn't even on the, you weren't even on the schedule. And you didn't even have your COVID test to make sure you could have open heart surgery. You just walked in, sat down, and the Holy Ghost performed open heart surgery on you right in the middle of the service. Well, if you're saved and you're right with God, you'll like that. You'll enjoy that. You'll thank God for that. But if you're backslidden or you're cold and indifferent and that word of God cuts you to the heart, you'll get mad. And I've seen people get up in the middle of service and walk out and leave. I like to say it's only been a time or two, but I've seen it quite a few times. I used to be a lot more confrontational than I am now. I just ask a point blank, are you leaving mad? <laughs> I don't anymore. They might be just going to the bathroom. Who knows? Staying there the rest of the service. I've seen people gather their stuff and storm out the door, slam the door, well, the door shut on the way out. Why? Because they got out of conviction through the preaching of the Word of God. I've had them come to me after the service and say, somebody been talking to you? I said, yeah, God has. <laughs> I had somebody ask me about two weeks ago, said, you got a camera set up in my house? I said, no, I can hear you from the street. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it convicts. The Bible says when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And when they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, what were they doing? They were despising the prophesying. By the way, they ended up killing that preacher. Huh? I preached a message one time on Stephen on this crowd's killing me. They killed him. They picked up stones and stoned him and threw rocks at him till he died. Went to heaven. I'm not kidding. It happened. Why? They didn't like the preaching. You go back and read his message and everything he said was 100% true. He quoted scripture. He said, you're just like your mom and daddy. You're just like your grandpa. They was all backslid. They all hated God and killed God's men and killed God's prophets. And you're just like them. It cut them to their heart. It was the preaching. Calls for despising. Probably give you another half a dozen, but we'll move on. Number two, we see the confirmation of despising. There's some things that you can do. It makes it pretty evident to you and to others, unfortunately, that you do not appreciate and love. Thank God for the prophesying that he has put into your life. Let me say this tonight. I'm thankful for the preaching that God has allowed me personally to sit under. And I know there's other people that can say this, but I believe with all my heart, I, God's allowed me. I've had the privilege to sit under some of the greatest preachers that have ever lived, without a doubt. I mean, I've sat in places before and I almost felt like I was on holy ground as men of God opened up that scripture and they preached unto me. And I thought what an honor, what a privilege it is to be able to sit here and hear that man of God preach. Last Wednesday night when we were down at that missions conference, that missionary, that pastor who had been a missionary, 
came off the mission field to, to take that church. Of course, he got a heart for missions. He was a missionary, but he made the statement in that service on Wednesday night. He said, a lot of you young people, you have absolutely no idea how honored and blessed you are to be inside this service tonight with some of the missionaries and the servants of God that are in this service. He said, there will never be another group like this, exactly like this, ever again. And there were missionaries, and there was a lady in there, was a missionary in Papua New Guinea for 46 years to the cannibals and got up and, and, and told a testimony. I was, I mean, I was, I was mesmerized. I was absolutely glued to what she was saying. Brother Sisk, who was been a, he was in his 88 years old, was in Japan for a number of years, started several churches. He started churches 50-something years ago, still going strong, running 600 people. I'm talking about amazing works of God. I sit and listen to these people. That pastor made the statement, he said, some of you young people, he said, you have no idea, there's no way for you to comprehend the, 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 the servants of God, the caliber of people that are in this service tonight. And I can honestly say, God has allowed me in my lifetime, thanks be unto God for his grace and for his mercy, but I've sat in places where I felt like I need to take my shoes off. Men of God that preach to me, and me preach to my family, if I thought for one second tonight that there was even one iota of anything within me that would despise prophesying, I'd get in this altar and deal with it. But there are some ways where you can know that you're not appreciative of the preaching that God has allowed to come into your life. I'm just going to give you three or four of them tonight. Number one, a lack of attendance to the preaching is a confirmation. Is confirmation that you might be despising the prophesying. Now stay with me. I'm not talking about if you're providentially hindered. And your golf cart having a flat tire is not providentially hindered. Your grass needing to be cut is not providentially hindered. Amen. That family reunion is not providentially hindered. That birthday party, that's not providentially hindered. I'm talking about when there ain't no other way you can get here. Stay with me now. But when you deliberately and willfully choose to not come and hear the preaching of the Word of God, you might better check up, make sure that you're not guilty in some way of despising the prophesying. Was it Thursday night, Friday night, Friday night in Atlanta, 54 degrees and raining, and people sat there for three hours during a game, baseball game. Rain, 54 degrees. Now, I'm gonna, I ain't going to lie to you. I'd have got up and left. You say, well, you, they pay a lot of money. That's another thing we could talk about, but I ain't going to go there. There ain't no way I'm going to sit and watch a ball game in the rain in the 50s. I don't care. I wouldn't care if Babe Ruth came back from the dead and was playing. But there was people sat there. Same people probably went to church Sunday and said, it's cold. It's cold in here. It's hot in here. See people sitting in the bleachers at these Minnesota Vikings football games completely covered up with snow. They got snot sickles hanging out of their nose for four quarters. Preacher, I couldn't make it to church. You just don't understand. Man, that toenail, that ingrown toenail is killing me. Oh, shut up. People do what they want to do. They go where they want to go. I learned that a long time ago. My daddy taught me that. My daddy taught me that. If he didn't teach me anything, he taught me that as a young preacher. You can't make nobody do nothing. Right. 
It's terrible English, but it's the God's honest truth. People do what they want to do. Sure they do. Lack of attendance, willful absence from the preaching of God's word is a sign that you don't value or despise or minimize the preaching. Faithful attendance confirms that you appreciate and love the prophesying. The lack of attendance confirms the opposite. I'll say this again, unless you're providentially hindered, you ought to be under the preaching of the word of God every time. If you're a member of Calvary Baptist Church, that's where you need to be. Amen. We'll visit around all these other churches. You're a member here. You need to be here. I want to go over here and hear that group. I want to go over here and see these people. You need to be in your place at your church, sitting under the preaching of the man of God that God gave to you, that God put in your life. Number two, write this down. A lack of attentiveness is an indication, and a confirmation that you might possibly be despising the prophesying. I marvel at people who sit in church and look at the ceiling, count the chandeliers, watch the ceiling fan. <coughs> it blows my mind. Blows my mind. I, all the time people come to me and say, Preacher, I didn't mean to distract you. I got up and went out. I said, I didn't notice you got up and went out. I wasn't looking at you. I didn't notice it. It's dialed in, glued into what's going on. There's people that can sit in church for an hour and a half and leave and not tell you one thing that happened, not one thing that was said. I've been amazed at times. I ask young people on Sunday, on Monday, what did I preach on yesterday? And they look at one another and go, I don't know. I don't know. Lack of attentiveness. It's an indication. Nehemiah chapter number 8. You can turn there if you want to or you can just listen. I'm going to read the first three verses. But I like this passage in Nehemiah 8 verse 1. All the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street. That was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. Watch this now. And he read therein before the street, that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday. Before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. <laughs> from the morning until midday, all he did was just stood there and read from the scrolls and they didn't move a muscle. They didn't flinch. They stood there and listened attentively to every word. You say, oh, I don't. I don't know if that's big a deal or not. I get the general idea, the message, that's all that matters. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The lack of attention is an indication that you might be despising the prophesying. Well, I don't understand the Bible. I guess not. You was playing on your phone during the preaching of it. Preacher probably explained that thoroughly, but you was on your phone checking your Facebook friends and checking your messenger and looking at the weather and seeing who, what the score was. Boy, I've seen people before sitting in church. They run their earbuds up their sleeve and up their collar and into their, in the middle of the service, they go, whoa, and you think they're full of the Holy Ghost. No, their team just scored a touchdown. <laughs> Lack of attentiveness. Be careful. You don't let the devil distract you during the preaching the prophesying of the Word of God. Thirdly, a lack of acceptance is confirmation that you might be despising prophesying. It's where you listen, you're paying attention, but you got this, you've got this, this shovel 
As soon as it lands in your lap, you just flip it to the person behind you. That's not for me. You got this pitchfork. Come on now. And boy, the preacher, he's loading your wheelbarrow and you just flip it to the person behind you. That's not for me. I don't need that. Boy, I wish so-and-so was here. Man, I hate they're not here. Boy, he, boy he's preaching right down there, Tater Row. I wish they was here. No, you're here. You need to make sure you accept it. In James chapter number 1, verse number 21, lay us part off filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Receive, have a receptive heart. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul the apostle commended the Thessalonians. Here's what he said in verse 13, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. He commended them that they received the preaching as it was in fact the word of God. I'm thankful I grew up, I said, under some great preaching, some of the greatest preachers, but a wide variety of preaching styles. There's some people, they're like a match that only strikes on their own box. I don't care if a man is running around this pulpit right here and he's sweating and his face is beat red and his blood vessels are popped out on the side of his throat like a water hose or if he stands here with a block of ice in both hands, as long as he's preaching this book right here and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to listen to him. I've seen people before, they get to turn somebody off because they don't like their style or their delivery. God chooses the foolish things and the weak things of the world to confound the mighty, but it's through the preaching of the word and it is the truth that's what gets the job done. Don't get distracted. We have a wide variety of preachers come through here, old, young, skinny, fat, seasoned, greenhorns. We have people going to the mission field. We got people who've been in the ministry for 30, 40 years. Don't catch yourself turning them off, turn your hearing aids off and turn your attention away because you don't like how or what they're, what they're saying, or their mannerisms. You make sure you're receptive to the word of God. God used a, he used a donkey. <laughs> he, used a, he used a rooster. That's right. God might have to use something like that to get your attention. He used a burning bush to get Moses. All I'm saying is that a lack of acceptance, if it's from, coming from that Bible, receive it. So I don't, like, I don't like the way he said that. I don't worry about how he said it. What did he say? It was it truth. Was it the word of God? And number four, another confirmation that you could be minimizing or despising the prophecy was a lack of adherence. You, you hear it, you hear it, but you don't do it. We got a lot of people, this is really bad, more I guess down south than up here probably, but it probably is a problem everywhere where, where people, they like preaching because it's just, they just enjoy preaching. They're not going to do it. They're not going to listen to none of it. They're not going to follow it. They're not going to obey it. Boy, they like good preaching. You better be careful. James said in James chapter 1, verse number 22, but be you doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, it's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. 
For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. One way you can show that you appreciate the preaching is when God blesses you with truth, that you take it and you put your hands on it and you implement it into your life and you do it. Imagine how far along we'd be in our spiritual growth, in our spiritual life, if we did everything we heard. One of the biggest challenges a pastor's face is having to figure out how to say the same thing in a way that's different where maybe it'll take this time. Thirdly, write this down. We see the cure for despising. There's some things you and I can do to make sure we're not guilty of despising prophesying. Let me give you half a dozen of them right quick. Number one, have a hungering for the Word of God. By the way, that's not something you can fake. (laughs) Either you're hungry for the Word of God or you're not. Right. 1 Peter 2.2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. I find myself, I find myself about Friday getting ready for church. On Monday, I find myself getting ready for Wednesday night. And the closer I get to church, the stronger the hunger is to hear from God and see from God and do something. Many times I know people question sometimes, why preacher, why you get somebody else to preach? I just want to sit down sometimes and eat what somebody else cooked. I need preaching just as much as you do. Amen. I love preaching. I love good preaching. I hunger for the word of God. If you ever get to a place where you don't hunger for the word of God, you better get an altar and check up. There's something special about that book. It's special about that Bible. I talk about, I'll, I'll sit down and talk to you about just about anything, but you really want to get me excited and start talking about that Bible. Amen. I'm, I'm already looking forward to Jubilee next year. I told the men and staff meeting Friday morning, I said, we're going to have to revamp our missions conference. We ain't got nowhere near enough preaching. We've only got one message a night. We're going to do something about that. Some of y'all used to, used to like missions conference. Now you're not sure if you're going to be able to make it or not. You know, how many, you know how many different pitchers they used last night in that World Series game? You know how many pitchers just the Braves used? Anybody know? About six or seven. They changed pitchers after one out. They stuck a guy up there. That was his first start in the majors in the World Series. His first start. He loaded the bases. He got one out. They pulled him. Yeah, buddy. My wife was like, bless his heart. I was like, bless our heart. They better get him out of there before we lose this game. Could you imagine somebody getting up and leaving halfway through the game? So, man, they didn't change pitchers six times. How'd you like to sit in the service, service where they had about six preachers? Come on. Huh? Come on now. Somebody preach about 10 minutes. All right, preacher, that's good. Sit down. Let's get another one up here. Let's preach some more. You preach about 30 minutes. All right, that's good. Hey, man, good job, buddy. Give me the Bible. All right, give it to somebody else. And do like they do at baseball. Let about six or seven preachers preach for about three straight hours. Some of y'all be like, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if my back can hold up. And then you go home and sit there in the chair till midnight. <laughs> sit, you, can sit, you can sit at the buffet for two hours. We got brand new padded pews with three inches of foam. Don't come to me and say your back won't hold up. Praise God, I like preaching. And hungry for the word of God. 
You have to go to the choir and walk around, stretch your back, come back. We'll do a seventh inning stretch, praise God. Hungry for the word of God. Number two, hearkening. We need people that are hungering. We need people that are hearkening. Boy, it's important that you hearken to the word of God. Listen and hear. Well, I wanted to go to Jeremiah 26. God used that word often in Jeremiah chapter number 26, verses 1 down through verse number 7. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of it. Thus saith the Lord, standing in the courts of the Lord's house, and speaking to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship all the words which I command thee to speak unto them, diminish not a word. If so be, they will hearken and turn every man from his evil way, that I may repent me of the evil which I purpose to do unto them because of the evil of their doings. And thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, if you will not hearken unto me to walk in my law which I have set before you, to hearken to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I sent unto you, both rising up early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened. So the priests and the people and all the people, the prophets, heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. God said, I like it when you listen. To every word, every word. Hang on every word. We teach our young people. We teach our young people. You listen with your ears. Listen with your eyes. You listen with your heart. Incline your ear into the voice of God. Amen. Don't kick back, stretched out, legs out, playing on your phone, yawning, looking at your clock. That's not listening. That's not hearkening. Looking around, seeing what everybody else is doing. Glued in to the message, to the word of God. Let God do something amazing. Number three, honoring. The people that are honoring are not going to be guilty of despising, prophesying. As a matter of fact, in our text, if your Bible is still open to 1 Thessalonians 5, he says in verse number 12, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. That's what we're doing right now is admonishing you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. I've said it more times than I can count. The best way you can show your appreciation for the preacher, for the pastor, is to listen to the message. Yeah. Honor the man of God by honoring the message. The hours that are spent seeking God's face and preparing messages are for you and for your benefit. And attending to the services and listening to the messages means more to any preacher than gifts or money or gift cards or notes. You want to bless me? Pay attention to the preaching. Let God do something in your heart through the preaching of the Word of God. And I'm not minimizing all the gifts and all the blessings the church takes good care of us. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'd preach for free to a bunch of people that listen to preaching better than I would be taking a million dollars a year for preaching to a bunch of people who don't listen. Amen. Amen. would be a blessing if you could get a million a year and they listen. That'd be a win-win right there. But I'll take the ones that listen anyway. Number four, write this down, humbling. We need to be humbling ourselves before the word of God. In other words, we need to swallow our pride and let God just tell us what he wants us to do. Sometimes God has to chip away at that pride and that wheel. Second Chronicles 34, 27, God said, because thine heart was tender and thou didst humble thyself before God when thou heardest his words and humblest thyself before me and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me I have even heard thee also saith the Lord God is impressed when we humble ourselves. and sometimes it's not easy when a preacher's preaching and he's preaching on something you're doing 
He's trying to get you to do something you don't want to do. He's trying to get you to stop doing something you like doing. Come on now. It's not easy to humble yourself and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me another opportunity. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> Come on now. Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough to remind me I needed to hear that. Humble yourself. And lastly, these are ways you can definitely not be guilty of despising prophesying. We need people that are holding fast the faithful word as it hath been taught. Titus chapter 1, verse number 9. One of the best ways that you and I cannot be guilty of despising prophesying is take what we've heard, what God has delivered to us through the preaching of the Word of God. Take it, put your hands on it. As, as, as Solomon said, I think it's in Proverbs 4, take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go, keep her for she's thy life. Put your hands on it. Don't let go of it. Hold fast and remember it and rehearse it and meditate on it. I say it almost every service. Lord, help us as we leave. May we take the message with us. May we meditate on it. May you continue to feed us and speak to us through the preaching of your word. Let God just help that thing just seep in and saturate into your heart and mind. Well, a lot of times we're guilty. We come to church, God speaks to us. We get in the car, pop in a CD or turn the radio player on, go home and turn the television on and the, and, and the files come and they, they steal away that seed that's been sown in your heart. Be careful that you just hold on to it. I do everything I possibly can here at Calvary Baptist Church to help you get your hands on it. Man, we got the PowerPoints. I'm not crazy about the PowerPoints myself. I didn't have it growing up. I used to take notes old-fashioned way. I listened and wrote it down. But if it'll help you retain it and remember it, I'll take the time it takes to do the PowerPoints. Put the outlines on the website where you can go and download them and read them and look at them again. I've got people that come to me. I've got one gentleman that comes to me a little bit hard to hear and sits right here on the second row every Sunday morning and he comes to me like clockwork. Can I have your notes? He wants my message. He wants to make sure he didn't miss anything. And he'll go home and look over these messages when he gets home. What's that doing? That's trying to hold fast. Be careful you don't just dismiss it. Walk out the door. That was good. Can't wait to go to church tonight. Wait no, just hang on a second. You got church five more hours. Let that thing just keep on soaking in. Hope you went home today and God spoke to you about hating the sin, loving the sinner. Hope you think about that tomorrow when you're blowing your horn at them at the intersection. <laughs> Amen. Hope you're thinking about that when they got their music turned up on the job site. You want to go over and take that radio and throw it out the wind and you want to shove it down their throat. Won't you just go over there and say, you know what, if you turn it down just say, that's something I want to tell you. Get witness to them a little bit. They might forget about the radio. When you walk off, they might just leave it turned down. Didn't think about that, did you? All I'm saying is, thank God for the preaching. I'm thankful for the preaching. Even when I was getting this message up, I felt, I felt a little bit guilty. Brother Snipes, I felt a little bit guilty the preaching that I've heard in my life and how much of it I forgot. How many times I've sat and enjoyed the preaching. Boy, that was good. Shake their hand. Thank you for that message. And then leave and not let that thing just continue to change me. Work in my heart and my life. Paul wasn't writing to lost people. He was writing to save people. He said, despise not prophesying. And if he said that to the church of Thessalonica, maybe we ought to say that to the church of Calvary. 
in Dundalk, Maryland. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, the musicians are coming, then maybe somebody needs to get an altar tonight. I don't know what God's done in your heart or what he's saying to you right now, but the altar's open if you need to come. A lot of times older Christians, we have the tendency to say, I've already heard this message. I've heard that text before. I've heard that verse preached before. It's the word of God. It's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. Don't dismiss it. God might want to show you something fresh. God might want to show you something new.